Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, I am Matt Williamson. You've reached the Locked On NFL podcast. We chat every day. You know all these things. I'm Matt Williamson NFL. You should be checking out the entire Locked On network, of course. And today is Twitter Thursday. Uh, Before we get to Twitter Thursday, though, I'm going to tell you that BetDSI is going to be uh, sponsoring today's show, and I'll tell you more about them later. But I could not be more excited for a Thursday night game. You know, uh, obviously both teams, Oakland travels to Kansas City. Both teams are traveling, you know, are on a, operating on a short week, which I think favors the home team. It's supposed to be very cold, 20s, I mean, cold. Um, from what I understand, around noon here Eastern on Thursday, it's not supposed to be especially windy, especially snowy, wet, you know, so cold, but not uh, blustery or particularly nasty. Um, I would think if it does get nasty, you would think that obviously favors the home team. However, and I know Carr has not really proven to be a cold weather guy, you know, one way or another, he played at Fresno, you know, now he's in Oakland. Uh, But he throws the ball better than Alex Smith. You know, I mean, Smith probably is more experienced doing it, but Carr... Uh, I would think his arm strength, his way he snaps the ball off, would cut the wind better. But many things to talk about in this game, obviously. Huge game with massive playoff implications. Um, I think both these teams will end up in the postseason. But a Raiders win here would go a really long way for a bye for them. KC win would obviously be huge for them as well. Um, This is the second time they've played this year. And people might forget, but Kansas City dominated the first matchup. I mean, they were clearly the better team, controlled the action in Oakland. Uh, there was a big game from Spencer Ware back then. Um, and you look at this game now, I mean, the Raiders don't have McGee at defensive tackle. They're really light at the defensive tackle spot. They've allowed 155 rushing yards average per game over the last three games. I mean, right now, the clear weakness of the Raiders team is their run defense. And, uh, I mean, I'm not sure Kansas City's run offense is as good as people imagine it to be, although I like Ware a lot. Um, But they're certainly capable of taking this game over, winning the time of possession battle. I mean, that's the Chiefs' formula. That being said, this is offense, and we really saw it last week against Atlanta, isn't as conservative and boring as you think. I mean, they throw a lot at you. Use guys like Tyreek Hill all over the formation and emotion and jet action and jet sweeps and Kelsey's been a total superstar. Uh, Macklin returns. I still like Chris Conley. Um, I think the offensive line's a little better than I expected and I, like I said, I'm a big Spencer Ware believer. Um I have mixed feelings about Smith, but I think he's executing the offense well. The Raiders will not have their first-round pick, strong safety, Joseph, for this game. Um, obviously, he's a lot shorter than Kelsey, but that you know is favorable for Kelsey. 
uh, who has been the foundation of this passing game. And Joseph's also a force near the line of scrimmage as an in-the-box defender, too. So he's a big loss. Like I said, Macklin returns. So that side of the ball sets up pretty darn well for Kansas City. And obviously, Mack is the guy you worry about if you're the Chiefs. But they went out and they signed Mitchell Schwartz basically for this reason. And he's been a very good right tackle. And that doesn't mean Mack's always going to come from Smith's right side. But he does a high percentage of the time. Fisher on the left side has developed into a a solid left tackle too. So Mack could certainly wreck things. But you would think Kansas City's offense should do well in this game. And I don't know what to expect from Macklin. But, you know, it's better he's there than he isn't. You know, I mean, he's a very good player. Um, I mentioned Mack, and obviously there are elite pass rushers in this game. Not only Mack, uh, Bruce Irvin's a good player. Tom Bahali is playing really well. They have all, actually have all three of their pass rushers now. For the, you know, Houston and Ford have not played a lot of snaps together this year, uh, but they will in this one. Maybe we will three see all three: Holly, Ford, Houston, all on the field at once. I mean, I think that's something that they could flirt with. Um, but how well do they get the car? I mean, Carr gets the ball out pretty quick. He snaps that thing off pretty quick. You know, uh, I read on Pro Football Focus this week that Donald Penn, the left tackle for the Raiders, hasn't let up a sack all year. I knew he was playing well, but I didn't know that. Um, the rest of their line is very good. I think it's the second best offensive line behind Dallas in, in the league. And they're they're really good on the interior. Hudson, um, Assembly's a stud. I would say right tackles their weakest spot, definitely. Um, and that's a problem, obviously, against Houston and Ware and Holly. But if you only have one spot that's a real, real problem area, not that Penn's going to handle those guys with ease or anything, it's a lot easier to scheme around that. Uh, they also, as much as any team in the league, I would imagine, use a lot of six offensive line sets You know, in, in Oakland. A lot of it for power reasons. I mean, they come out with bring an extra 340-pound man on the field and just bludgeon you. And I'm not a big Murray fan, but he's been pretty good this year, and he's exceeded in my expectations. I think his supporting cast has a lot to do with it. Really, for the last two months or so, he's been quite good and even better lately, catching the ball a little bit too. Um, and I think you look at the Kansas City defense and say, Man, they're really good against the run. They're okay. You know, I mean, I, I don't think their run defense is phenomenal. It's been better lately. You know, this these past, what, three or four games, something like that. Their run defense has been a lot better, but I don't think it's great. And to be honest, neither is their pass defense. And I really, I, I don't really, I respect Kansas City's defense. I think there's some great players on that side of the ball. Um, But quarterbacks have been having some big games against Kansas City. You know, I mean, like I said, their run defense isn't elite by any stretch of the imagination. They're the best big play defense in the league, which makes sense because, you know, I mean, they're an aggressive scheme. They they like to have a lot of smaller uh, people on the field and therefore have more speed and, you know, maybe a better chance of picking a fumble or getting to the ball with a bunch of ball carriers or causing fumbles. Or they obviously rush the passer extremely well right now, uh, and that leads to big plays. And guys like Derek Johnson, especially Eric Berry and Peters, are highly opportunistic with great ball skills. And when they get the ball in their hands, they're dangerous. But any defense 
that, you know, I guess here's what my take is. Pass defense, run defense are both okay. You know, they're not great neither. And they make up for a lot of that with so many big plays. And that's wonderful, but I wonder if it's kind of a pretty house without as good a foundation, you know, as, you know, the Broncos or, you know, a, a big, big time defense. So that worries me a little bit, you know, just in terms of where is this defense overall. They're they're big play dependent, but obviously it's better than not getting big plays. So, I mean, they have big play players. So I'm kind of talking in circles, but I hope you're getting what I'm after here. Can they keep that up? I mean, I, I feel like in such an evenly matched game against such a good opponent that the Raiders are, can their defense still continue to make big plays? You know, Carr is not making the big mistake, especially late in games. I think their line does well in this game. They're running the ball well. He gets it out quick. But historically, he has not put up big numbers against the Chiefs. You know, and, and he's obviously playing the best he has in his career right now. And it's a short career and a short sample size. But they also have a matchup that I really like, too, for the Raiders. Is For those of you that don't know, Peters exclusively lines up to Carr's right. He's a left cornerback, you know, much like Sherman used to do for, the, for Seattle. And he's very, very good at it. But the Raiders, and probably as much as ever in this game, will probably line up Crabtree at the right wide receiver, you know, to Carr's right, and Cooper to the left. And I think Cooper has a really big game tonight. You know, opposite Peters. Their corner situation besides Peters is questionable. And I think Cooper has a big game. And I went into this podcast thinking... I'm going to take Kansas City. You know, the, I trust their, I trust Andy Reid. They're at home. Cold probably favors them. Short week favors the home team on Thursdays. They won the first matchup. Ware runs for another 150. You know, no Joseph, Kelsey, Macklin. Those guys have big games. And that all could be true. But when I talk through this with you, I'm leaning towards Carr, you know, that I think that Cooper, Carr, their line I think will protect enough, and I think they'll run well in a really, really good game. I mean, I'm thinking like 27-26, 24-23, in that neighborhood, really well-played game. Uh, a treat to watch. Maybe another. Maybe they'll meet a third time. But I'm leaning towards the Raiders, and I didn't think that would be the case. Whatever I sat down 15 minutes ago or whatever. But the more I think about it, I, I think Carr's ready to win this kind of game, and he just keeps showing over and over that they find a way to beat you. They adjust really well on offense. They find matchups to their liking as the game goes on, and I think they'll be able to do that tonight too. But uh, don't quote me. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Do you love football? Are you ready to get into the action? Of course you are. That's why you're listening. You love football. You love chatting with myself every day. You like going around the rest of the Locked On Network, listening to football, your favorite team. Well, now you got to check BetDSI. BetDSI.com. They've been, they've been in business now for over 20 years. They're a top-rated business. They're safe. I play there. They're highly respectable. They're, you can count on them for easy payouts. And, and you can sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. They have a great football special going on. They also offer a 100% bonus on your first deposit. 
I've noticed that their customer service and something that they rave about and take great pride in is fantastic. Fast and easy payment of winnings. Uh, hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. You know, even uh, ultimate fighting, uh, hockey, obviously. All these college bowl games coming up. I mean, it's a perfect time to get signed up for those. You're watching two college teams that you don't really care about. You might as well throw a couple ducats on it and lean one way, have a rooting interest. Uh, they even have the in-game live wagering uh, on all football and other major sporting events, which I love. And I've told you this, that I think this is one slight advantage you can get over Vegas is you know your team so well and you watch the first five or ten minutes of that game and you go, oh, we're going to roll today. Or, man, we don't have it. And the lines haven't changed all that much in that time. You get a little more sample action before you actually place your bet. It's a great way to do it. So go to BetDSI now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there and use my promotional code, NFL10. Get your free wager and start winning today. All right, all right. I mentioned it is Twitter Thursday, and I'm just going to scroll through my timeline as we sit here and chat and do a couple questions. Joshua Carlson asked, would you re-sign Lacey if you're the Packers? They're a highly, as it stands now, they're obviously, and well, first of all, it sounds like Starks is getting benched. It sounds like Kristen Michael's going to get more touches this week, which I'm hoping. It sounds like Ty Montgomery's going to get be back, you know, in the mix heavily as a running back as well. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, I am interested to see what Michael does the rest of the year. Um, but I do think they're, with Lacey as a free agent, are about as running back needy as any team in the league. I'm okay with re-signing Lacey, but it would really have to be at the right price. You know, I think he's hard to count on. Uh, the weight issues, not much of a receiver. And if you remember, when he came out of school, and I know this sort of through Steeler sources, you know, the the Steelers took Le'Veon Bell ahead of Lacey, and a lot of people were rolling their eyes and saying, why would you do that? Gio Bernard went ahead of Lacey. Well, a lot of doctors thought that Lacey had some some, some medical issues that were going to prohibit him from having a long career. I, I don't know that we've ran into a lot of that yet, but it still could be looming. I mean, when you're investing millions and millions in a player, you need to know those things. And Green Bay would know that issue better than any team in the league, of course. Um, but it's also such a really, really good running back class. And the more and more I learn about it, the more impressed I am. Um I would think that would not be my top priority. I would be real happy with using a first or second round pick on a running back and use that money elsewhere. All right, all right. Uh, Joe Pinto, can RG3 keep the starter job in the four games left? Are there even top prospects in the draft for a top three pick? Well... Mr. Pinto, I'm pretty sure the Browns are going to pick in the top two. Certainly like their chances to pick one. I am far from a draft expert at this time, but I'm starting to get my feet wet, and it doesn't sound like it's at all a quarterback-friendly draft. I don't think I would criticize it. From what I know now, I would not criticize the Browns for drafting Miles Garrett, you know, stud pass rusher, and... Don't even draft a quarterback in the first or period, maybe, and go into next year 
with RG3, maybe even McCown and Kessler. And I think with RG3, the key is, and why they signed him was he's a lottery ticket. You know, he has a lot of ability. And unfortunately, he's missed time with injuries, and that's a recurring theme with him. But if you could get another four games of tape from him and coaching him, and you feel comfortable that the arrow's going up and that Hugh Jackson can maybe get more out of him than what we saw at the end of his Washington career, I think that might be enough to keep rolling the dice on him as Kessler as your contingency plan, your Brian Hoyer lifetime backup. I think that's why they took Kessler was... We see a guy without a with a pretty high floor that if we roll the dice and we keep losing at the quarterback position for a stud, which I'm not saying RG3 is a stud, but he has a higher ceiling, at least we can fall back on Cody and we'll surround him with good passing game weapons and at best he's a long-term backup. So in this case, if your favorite quarterback, Watson or whoever it is, is your 20th, your 25th ranked player, and you're picking first overall, I don't think you could take that guy. You know, and maybe you consider moving up from your the 33rd pick, the first pick in the second round, to the 20th pick to get one of them. But they're probably off the board. You know, I mean, they, they, get, they get overdrafted. But you have a ton of picks, too. I mean, that's the other thing you can't forget with the Browns, is they have a lot of draft collateral, or a lot of draft capital. So you take the stud pass rusher in the first at 1-1, and then if somebody falls that you love, maybe you hop on. But this next month would be great. If you could see four full games of RG3, at least that's something. You know, I mean, at least it, it makes your decision easier. Uh, Ryan Colson asked, it's Thursday? Question? Because I had asked on Twitter, hey, send me some Twitter questions. Yes, Ryan, it's Thursday. Um, how about some other ones here? My man, Rubalicious, he, he tweets me all the time. The injury to Harrison Smith, and that's a bad one, is a season changer, don't you think? Vikes are done. And then he makes a frowny face. Yeah, I think the Vikes are done. I think they're done with or without him. Detroit's playing too well. Packers are playing better. That offense is just too painful. And then you lose, you know, probably the second or third best safety in the league. I guess if I was ranking safeties right now off the top of my head, I'd go Earl, Barry, Smith. All great players. Key player for that team. So, And their defense has been on the field so much and has gone from an A defense to a BB plus defense. Yes, uh, I do think that the season is pretty much over for your Vikes. All right, Jeremy Clark asks... Does Matt Barkley look to you like a viable starting quarterback for Coach Fox's 17 Bears, 2017 Bears? No. Uh, he hasn't played bad, and maybe if I see four more games of him playing well, uh, <laughs> I could probably not be convinced that he's a starter. But he could maybe be. I could maybe be convinced that he's like a Hoyer, a stopgap until your starter's ready you know, that they use a, a first-round pick or second-round pick on a high-upside guy and go into next year with Hoyer and Barkley and one of those guys is the placeholder and eventual number two. 
maybe. I mean, but I can't say I was a fan of him before this little run of, of quality play. So uh, I, my hopes aren't up for him. Sorry, but I, I'm, int- I'm eyes wide open that maybe he's a quality number two, which is more than I would have said a month ago. Uh, go Pats, with a big exclamation mark. Is Ty Law a Hall of Famer? And how do you rank him against the 2000s era corners like Woodson, Bailey, uh, Barber? Is Law inducted eventually? I think that's tough. Um, I put Revis ahead of all those guys. Well, Woodson is really, really high on the list, and I consider him almost as much safety as I do corner. I'm sure we're missing a few. You know, Rondé Barber is the barber he asked about, by the way. I think Champ goes ahead of Ty from Aliquippa, by the way. Same town as Revis, uh, right outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I think Law goes ahead of Barber. There, that, that, That's a fringe group to me. Barber and Law, to me, are fringe players for the Hall of Fame. And it's just super high standards. I mean, to me, Revis is in. Woodson is in. Bailey Champ is in, and maybe not immediately, but is in. Uh, we're probably missing a couple corners of this generation, too. I mean, and, and the Shermans are too young, and Petersons are too young to have that conversation. Um, but I think Law will take some time if he does get in. And my immediate thought is probably more. Probably not. Luke Undlin What's the more detrimental injury for their team's Super Bowl hopes, Gronk or Earl Thomas? That's a great question. I think Gronk is the more detrimental injury. And I honestly think they're close to being equal players for what they do. And they're both on Hall of Fame paces. Gronk is slightly better. I mean, Gronk's the best tight end that ever lived. Earl Thomas is not the best safety that's ever lived. But they're both instrumental and I don't think the Patriots are going to change what they do all that much although Bennett isn't he hasn't been real impressive lately and I don't know how healthy he is so I I would like to see more from him of course you'll see a lot less double tight end sets but the Patriots will still operate their offense uh like for example they're playing the Ravens this week they're going to be very different week to week on offense I, and you know they're not going to take LeGarrette Blunt against and bring in you know, for example, the Ravens have a really good run defense. It's not going to be blunt in the fullback Devlin and two big tight ends bashing into, you know, Brandon Williams and that run defense. I mean, they're they're going to spread the ball out. It's going to be a Deion Lewis game. You'd love to have Gronk in that game. You'd love Gronk in any game, but especially one like that. He's so versatile. I think the red zone, he'll be missed tremendously. Um, they don't have anyone on their team. You know, Lewis is a good mismatch guy, but no one's a mismatch guy like Gronk. I've said over and over that Earl Thomas is the most important player on a great defense, but not by leaps and bounds. You know, I mean, Bennett, Sherman, those guys, you know, Wagner, all those guys are really, really good and really, really important. Um, this kid, Terrell, has ability. You know, he's fast. He's not lacking for talent. I'm sure of some range on the back end. I would think that they'll keep a single high look, uh, at least for starters. And if that doesn't work, then they got problems and have to ask Cam to go back in a too high safety look. And that's not what he does well at all. You need to take him out of the box. Um, but I just think there's so much talent on that side of the ball 
that they make up for it a little bit better than the Patriots. All the Patriots have Brady, and he makes up for everything. But I think Gronk's a little bit better at what he does and is a slightly bigger detrimental injury. Um, If I had to put... You would think New England has an easier path, you know, and as of a couple months ago, you would think that for sure. But besides the Cowboys, I think Seattle has a really, really good shot. And in the end, if if it's the NFC Championship game in Dallas, I'm going to pick Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott. And I still think Seattle's my Super Bowl pick. I still think New England is too, but I don't like their defense very much, and this Gronk injury is big to me. So... I could see them getting knocked off by the Ravens in the playoffs or the Chiefs or I don't know about the Raiders yet or maybe if the Steelers catch fire. You know, I mean, I, I, there's there's matchups that I could see them losing even at home. All right, guys. Good stuff. Tomorrow we will pick every game. Good slate of games. Getting to be crunch time. It's that final quarter of the season. Thanks so much for listening. Spread the word. Please spread the word. Do me a favor. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Even if it's not favorable, leave a review. I want to hear what you have to say. And I will be checking them soon. Take care. Good stuff. Over and out. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag. But most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17